For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. And we're back. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest on Talk of Champions, my co-worker at the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. It's David Johnson for a recruit check. It's been a while. I honestly have no clue what's going on with Ole Miss football recruiting, but David does, and he's talked to a bunch of prospects over the course of the last couple of weeks. He's been at a camp or two, so he knows what's going on. And I'll let him catch me up, you up. We'll know what's going on after we talk to David. But I haven't done this podcast in well over a week. I haven't talked to Brad on this podcast, or really at all, in well over a week. Hey, bud, what's up? What's up, Ben? How's it going, dude? I'm good, man. I'm kind of rested. I took last week off for the most part. I worked up until about Wednesday afternoon. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to check out because I was really burned out. After that baseball season, the way it ended, and then the week that followed that, I was just burned out, man. I needed a reset. I still don't think that I'm quite there yet as far as feeling refreshed. I think I got one more reset in me before football starts in earnest in August. But that finish took a lot out of me, man. Yeah, I imagine, dude. I mean, everything that went on, obviously our baseball team fell short of Omaha on top of, you know, coach looking around. I, I can imagine that was pretty – I mean, that – yeah, I was exhausted with it. Honestly, like I, I don't care to hear about Ole Miss baseball until and for a while. Let's move move on to football and try to think of something positive. Yeah, that that week was exhausting trying to figure out whether that whether this coach is going to stay or go. And people worried were worrying about it pretty hard. So um, looks like we got him back. So we'll worry about that once once we get to the um, get to next spring. Oh, he's back. He's back. He absolutely wanted that job. There's no mistaking that at this point. He just didn't get it. I think he went to that meeting with Scott Woodward expecting to be offered the job, and he didn't get offered the job. Everyone at LSU that had any real say in this search wanted Mike Bianco, but the guy that made the call, Scott Woodward, he kept shopping, and it's a terrible look. And I requested to sit down with Mike last week. I was told he was on the road to see Travel Ball, I think for his son Sam. And then I said, okay, cool, let me get him first of this week, or what week we're in right now. Hadn't heard a word. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. So I don't know. I would like to ask these questions to Mike Bianco. I doubt I get to anytime soon. But you've got to ask the question. You have to ask the question, because Mike is not a dumb person. Not in the slightest. Whatever you think of Mike Bianco, he is not dumb. I'll give you a good example of this. He micromanages everything. And back when I was in school... I worked for Ole Miss Athletics Media Relations, and one of the jobs I had was I controlled the clock that went up on the Jumbotron before the game. And I always put it up and took it down. It was a very simple job, very stupid job, very pointless work. It really made me question all of my life choices. But anyway, I'm in charge of this clock. 
and it's supposed to come down five minutes before first pitch. I took it down at the same time every time, but this was a TV game, and I took it down two minutes too early. And immediately, a phone call comes in to the press box. And it's Mike, and he's angry, wondering who's done this to the clock. Yelling, upset. If he's that worried about the clock, that shows you something that minuscule, that completely arbitrary. If he's that worried about that, he is fully aware of what it looks like for a sitting head coach in the SEC to go interview at LSU. And I know we're talking about this a little bit later than maybe most expected or hoped that we would be talking about this, but I needed a week off. I gave you two best ofs. I needed to reset, recharge my batteries. And here I am now thinking about it and just everything I felt about it originally has just come back. I always thought it was his job to turn down because that's what Mike thought and that's what everything all the information was leading to as far as what I was getting. And that wasn't the case. But it looks just terrible. It just looks terrible. It makes you look like your job is lesser to LSU, which it probably is. But you're not supposed to admit that. You're not supposed to show that. And there was a text message he sent out to his team, admitted he interviewed and talked and flirted with LSU, but Ole Miss was home. No, you just didn't get the job, Mike. Just be honest. Yeah, Ben, what do you what do you think, honestly, is the right move there? I mean, does he owe it to all the Ole Miss fans to, to give an explanation? some kind of explanation of kind of the timeline of what happened. I almost would like to hear him say, Hey, you know, it was my alma mater. You know, I, re- I really, you know, and I would respect my whole that. Deal. That exact statement could have been made at any point during that week. The fact that it came when it did nine 30 at night on father's day, I think just tells you everything in regards to where his head was for that job. He wanted the job. Just admit you wanted the job, but I want to know why. You wanted the job because I think I know why you wanted the job. You felt more security at LSU. Uh, It's not just your alma mater, but also you understand there is pressure to get to Omaha. Look, 1-21, in it is what it is. And yes, in a vacuum, 2021 was objectively a successful year. No one can deny that, considering everything that Ole Miss dealt with and to get as far as they did. Falling one game short, it's yet another failure at that point. However, in a vacuum, that season, with what they dealt with, it was a success, a rousing success. One of his better coaching jobs. In 2020, they were robbed of what that team could be because of COVID. So, yes, it's not necessarily 1-21, but no matter how you slice it, it's still only one appearance. So, understanding that and knowing that the expectation for most Ole Miss fans at this point, they're just tired of not breaking through. And it doesn't help when their in-state rival is now playing for a national championship, going to their third straight trip to Omaha. It doesn't help for you not to break through and for them to continue to break through and in many ways, or at least in the minds of Ole Miss fans, surpass your program when they feel like theirs is equal, if not better. So I get it, but he needs to answer for that because it looks bad. It just looks bad. There are always going to be loyalists to Mike Bianco, and that's great. I'm not telling you how to feel one way or the other. If you love Mike Bianco, if you hate him, if you're kind of eh, whatever, I'm good with whatever you feel. It doesn't change the fact that he does have to answer for the whole process. Because again, it goes back to, and I'm getting a little long-winded and carrying on too much here. It goes back to that statement you put out could have been put out at any point. At any point to squash all the rumors because... You had parents of players wondering what was going on, recruits' parents wondering what was going on. Is he staying? He had no problem keeping his assistants in the dark. They didn't know what was going on. So 
You wanted the job. All right. Explain yourself. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to say. I mean, I, I certainly would like to hear, you know, kind of the process. And honestly, if he would just come out and be super honest and say, hey, you know, he's very interested in the job. Yeah. It's his alma mater. I would totally respect it because, you know what, if I was at LSU for 20 years and you had a chance to come to Ole Miss, I would leave in a heartbeat. So, um, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. I feel like a good explanation would, would help. And I think you're right, man. I, there, there's a this this fan base is very divided on Mike Mike Bianca. You got kind of the the people who you know think that they're really supporting. You got the people who are really sick of it. And this may have pushed some of those people that were really you know supporting them over over to the other side. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I support Ole Miss baseball because the name on the shirt. Don't really give a shit who's coaching them, but. At the end of the day, man, I mean, it's it's never good whenever you feel like you're you're your secondhand job to, to one of your rivals in the SEC. So some bit of an explanation would would be kind of kind of nice and, and yeah. nice to hear. Whether he thinks he should or not, it's the right thing to do. Whether he thinks he should or not is immaterial, he should. I mean, he was supposed to go to his condo at the beach. That's what he told Keith Carty he was doing, and then he stayed in town. And then he interviewed. And he said that he interviewed with the permission of Keith Carter, the bottom line is this. The way it was handled was poor. It was poor. And you make the most simple but salient point. Just be honest. Just be honest. Because I think that's something that just most everyone would be okay with. You might disagree. You might have a problem with what he tells you. But at least be honest about it. Because I hate beating around the bush about all this stuff, walking on eggshells as we deal with this stuff. Look, the facts are what they are. The situation is what it is. Can we at least just talk about it like adults? Just talk about it frankly. And, and there doesn't have to be any animosity towards anybody. I mean, he's the head of the Ole Miss baseball program that you pour yourself into, your emotions, your money, everything. You pour yourself into that program. Don't you want to know? And I want to know just because it's my job. I'm curious. I just want to ask the question. I don't know when I'm going to get to ask that question. I will eventually. But at what point does it kind of taper out that no one cares anymore? What's the statute of limitations for something like that? I don't know. I don't know. And maybe that's something that hangs over next season the whole time. It feels like it's like that every year now with Mike Bianco anyway. We end up in the same spot every single year where we're talking about whether or not Mike Bianco should continue as Omaha's head coach if they don't get to Omaha. Well, that's a tough place for him to be in. I would love to know how he feels about that, right? Yeah. He's a human being. I would love to know his perspective on that because that's a lot of pressure, and he has to feel it when he falls short. He's, he knows about all of this stuff. He's the most micromanaging person I've ever known in my life, and I mean that. That's not hyperbolic. I mean that. He's the most micromanaging person I've ever known in my life, so I would love to know these answers, man, because he's not dumb. Far from it. He's a really smart dude, and he has to know, and he can say it in the text to his players how... I never respond to media reports or whatever. But you didn't deny them either. You in no way tried to pour cold water on any of that stuff. None of it. Look, it's been two weeks now. I don't want to rehash Mike Bianco stuff over and over. But I felt like inevitably, when we came back on this podcast, this is where we would start. Because <laughs> I just haven't spoken to it. And, and I know a lot of Ole Miss fans are just wondering what happened. And, and what I think is this. I think it's very simple. Mike wanted the job. All the information I was getting because of how much support he had from that old guard led by Skip Bertman, Scott Woodward did the interview basically to appease that faction. He didn't want Mike Bianco. And at the end of the day, that's what won out. He got who he wanted. He did what he wanted to do. 
I felt like if he actually went and sat down for an interview, he was going to go to that interview to accept a job. You would never expect, regardless of how you feel about Mike Bianco's resume, you would never expect someone with that resume, the winningest coach in Ole Miss baseball history, to go for an interview for a job that he's not going to get. Now you just look like your program's lesser. Now you just look like you're settling. And you're just going back. Just going back because, eh. It's just something I feel like he has to talk about. Whether he does or not, I don't know. Whether he ever wants to, whether he just dismisses it offhand, I don't know. But I'm going to ask him the question eventually. If people still care. I don't know if I still care anymore. I'm exhausted by it. I am. And now we turn our attention to Ole Miss football. And already, my God, Dink Jackson, four-star safety linebacker signee, is not on the roster. And why is he not on the roster? Felony burglary charges back in Florida. I mean, you just can't get well, away from it, man. I mean, you can't get away from any of the stuff. I mean, that's that's obviously extremely disappointing, um, extremely surprising. Obviously, we want to hear the details on it, but man, um, hopefully that kid gets some help or somebody puts their arm around him or something. Because I mean, that, that was he eighteen years old, and, that, and that's he's he's going that route. I mean, the kid had everything. I mean, you know, right in front of them. I mean, you're going to college, you're getting away, you're, you're trying to get a good education, you're trying to better yourself, and and you go back home and do something like that. I mean, that that's the problem nowadays, man. I mean, uh, unfortunately, people people you know that that they struggle and they go the, the surroundings that they if um you know are used to or whatever, and they they I mean it, it it's just as disappointing to say the least. I mean, ho- hopefully somebody takes that kid and and um you know gets gets his life right or whatever. But if if that if that is true, I mean that's um. That's extremely disappointing news for a kid so young and a kid that has such a um, promising you know, future ahead of him. Yeah, it's terrible, man. But let's talk about something positive here. So Jerrion Ely was named a preseason All-American. Uh, I think it was by Pro Football Focus. And you've been kind of not wishy-washy. That's not, that seems a little harsh. Maybe it's just you haven't been all the way sold on Jerrion Ely as a next-level running back. And I keep thinking as we think about baseball and talk about Mike Bianco and all this kind of stuff, Jerrion Ely probably would have started this year, but obviously he had the shoulder surgery. Also, Tim Elko had successful surgery on his ACL. If you're wondering what's going to happen with Tim Elko, I, I don't know. It's all draft-dependent, I've heard. I feel like Ole Miss feels good about getting back Kevin Graham and Justin Bench, but Tim Elko is at best classified as 50-50. Kel Baker, his status is up in the air. If you made me guess, I'd probably say he's not coming back. But Jerrion Ely would have probably started for this team. He lost that season. Now you look at all of these accolades, preseason teams that he's getting put on, just the recognition that he's getting, and it tells me that maybe we're undervaluing, if that's possible, we're undervaluing how good this kid is. Am I wrong? No, because here's the thing, man. Those preseason teams, I mean, I get it. They were, um, you know, the... Sometimes they could be a little over overblown. I, I don't think that that you know they should be paid attention to until the the play on the field is is had. I mean, it's I think Jaron's a good back. I think there's a lot of things he could do better. Um, I, I don't know that he. I mean, I saw where he was maybe the number two rated running back or something like that. I think that's a little bit. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit high. But um, I, I think the talent's there. I, I just thought this season. He, I mean, he ran ran well at times, but I didn't think he ran as hard as as he did his, his freshman year. But we'll see. I mean, it's a new year. He's gonna, um, yeah, he'll get better. And um, yeah, I mean, I I, I got to see a little more this year. And I, I do think that um, 
you know, depending on how it looks um, on film this year. And so I'll be interested to see what, what happens. I mean, if he, maybe he has a big year and kind of, kind of tears it up and uh, does he stay, does he go? I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't think that he's that top tier guy yet. I really don't um, by NFL standards, but I mean, it could be wrong, but I just, I don't see it. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I told you. I think he's Cam Akers. So I think he's going after this year. Just it's double whammy when you think about losing him for football his senior year, but also college baseball. That dream would be dead. Even though I think he double signed, and it's kind of like what AJ Brown did with the Padres, where you don't close the door completely, but let's be honest, you're closing the door. So. I could see that with Jerry on, but one thing was really interesting too, since we're being super positive now, after opening, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to come in hot like that. I felt like I came in too hot. I'm sorry. It's just the end of that year, that baseball season, just it took a lot out of me. It really did. It really did. And I wanted it to end in Omaha for you guys and have a bunch of coverage on the Spirit Ohm, Spirit.com and for the 247 Sports, the website that I write for. But... Oh, boy. And it was funny because talking to Chase Parham and other people, friends of mine on the beat, I feel like it took it out of them, too. Especially that week where you're chasing Mike Bianco crap. And my family was at the beach, and I was really mad at myself because I didn't go. And I should have. Like, what's the point? I end up finding myself by myself at the Rebel Road Trip in Tupelo for what? Why am I there? Why am I not at the beach? And that's why I should have just called you or texted you or maybe just put it out on Twitter so all Ole Miss fans can say, Ben, stop being stupid. Stop being a dumbass. Just go to the beach. It's not that big of a deal. All you need to do for your job is get a Wi-Fi signal. You'll be fine. I don't know. Something's broken in my brain. But since we're being positive now, even though I think Jerry Ely is Cam Akers and that he's going to be great, Josh Pate for 247, he hosts Late Kick Podcast, and he said that Ole Miss, in his opinion, is one of the most dangerous teams in college football for next year. He said, let me give you one question that could just totally turn the playoff picture on its ear this year, and it's the answer to this question. What if Ole Miss is average defensively this year? And this is not new if you've listened to this podcast, because you and I have made this point. But anyway, what if Ole Miss is average defensively this year, Pate said. They don't have to be great. They don't have to be good. They were abysmal last year. 
They gave up a little over 38 points per game defensively. They were ranked 118th or 119th. Actually, 120th, and I think one, two, three, four categories. Anyway, if they were to give me production defensively in the 50 to 60 range, now that's rich. Anyway, nationally, this is a playoff contender, not a fringe top 20. This is a team you're going to see a lot of preseason rankings in like the 15 to 25 range that has a legitimate shot if they had average defensive play to be a playoff contender because they have all the other parts you want the explosiveness offensively they have at the cat quarterback you need the skill the play calling everything they have all of that it's just that no one thinks that they can stop molasses in december defensively again a point we've made on this podcast just reasonable improvement defensively not jumping from 119 120 to 50 like pate's saying but my god if you jump to the 80s yeah, it's kind of what I said last year. Everybody thought I was, you know, um, crazy. I mean, I, after watching one game, I said, "Hey, you know, this team can compete." And you did, you did. They, they, they pretty much did. And and what's funny is our defense was that bad. Well, yeah, of course Alabama is going to be good. Of course, I mean, it's going to take a lot of good lucky bounces, but we're going to be right there in every game. And my question is this year: I mean, we were we were tied with Alabama. They had seven first rounders on their roster, and we were tied with them in the fourth quarter. But minus a bad snap, we may we may win that game. So we have everybody coming back. They've lost some guys. I'm telling you that we're going to be right there again. It's going to be a matter if we can get over the hump. Can we not go to Arkansas and make six turnovers? Can we not get unlucky versus Auburn and and have you know whatever goofy play play calls that game? Can we can we maybe finish a game versus Alabama? And then, you know it could be a different season. So um, that's in year one with Kiffin. No spring, no anything. So me assuming, hey, we get a full spring. Um, we're getting most of our players back. We're adding some good pieces on defense. Maybe we step into the the seventies on defense. Maybe, you know, I mean, I, I would think that's enough to probably get us over the hump. It's going to come down to a game or two this year, you know, unless we just completely shit the bed. But I, I honestly think, I mean, and I say this all the time in a group message I have with a Clemson guy, LSU guy and a Georgia guy. I say, Hey, Hey, Mark my words, Ole Miss is going to go to the SC championship. They literally laugh. I mean, pe- people, no one outside of Ole Miss football would believe this. It's going to come down to Alabama, maybe a couple other games. But, I mean, I, I really feel like with our quarterback and, and us taking a step on defense, I mean, that's that's really – I mean, I, we, we should be better than last year, which, you know, we were pretty close last year. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet with David Johnson, my co-worker at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Coming up on the Modern Woman phone line, after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call, 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue, just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends.
You did say that after the very first game, and I was one of those that scoffed. I said, you're insane. <laughs> I was calling you a big homer. and Now, I was right in regards to baseball, but football, you called it. You absolutely called it. So, yeah, it doesn't take all that much. This is where we are right now. It's almost July. This is the dead period. Nothing's going on right now for Ole Miss sports. I'm going to have Riley Allen, Ole Miss basketball strength and conditioning coach, on the next podcast because they're going through their stuff their strength and conditioning program, a bunch of newcomers. So it's the time of year for that. But, hey, look, if you got any kind of requests that aren't insane, shoot me something. Request something. I'd love to get A.J. Brown on because I recently did an interview for a documentary about A.J. Brown with the Tennessee Titans. You'd think, scratch my back after I scratch yours. Maybe I'll reach out to the Titans. A.J. Brown, that's like the dream guest for me. Everybody knows, look, I do my best. I really do to not be a homer. I am absolutely, completely biased when it comes to A.J. Brown. So, if you haven't already, subscribe to Review Talk of Champions and iTunes. We're about to get to David Johnson for a recruit check because I've been rambling, and um, maybe it's because I'm delirious. I'm still tired. I haven't slept well in two weeks. But if you haven't already, subscribe to Review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. You can find Talk of Champions wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. I wanted to touch on something, though, because in two weeks, July 11th through the 13th, is the 2021 MLB Draft. And Ole Miss is going to lose Gunnar Hoagland. He's going to be a first-rounder. They're going to lose Doug Nikhazy. He's going to be a top-three-rounder. And Jackson Job is being projected right now as high as number three to the Detroit Tigers. So when you bring it back around Ole Miss baseball – and you talk about the Mike Bianco stuff, next year is going to be a challenge. Now, they're going to attack the transfer portal. They've already done so. They added the Gaddis kid, the pitcher from uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They're chasing another pitcher from Cal State Fullerton. They're going to keep going after the portal. But what if they don't make it to a Super? They haven't hosted a Super in a while. What if they fall short? What if they're a two-seed somewhere in a regional? After all of this, Then what? That's the question that should be on everyone's mind moving forward. Now, I'm not going to talk about Mike Bianco and Ole Miss baseball again for a while. I'm going to talk to Peyton Chatney, hopefully, for this podcast, and we'll talk about summer ball, and maybe i ask him a Mike Bianco question or two. I don't know. But outside of that, this is me closing the book on Ole Miss baseball in 2021. But think about that. You know what you're going to lose, and if you do take the inevitable step back next year, maybe you get Tim Elko back. And him and Kevin Graham and Justin Bench, they put together with T.J. McCants and Jacob Gonzalez an absolutely dynamic lineup. What's the pitching staff look like? Who knows? They take a step back. They don't make it. Now where are you if you're Keith Carter? You never wanted to fire Mike Bianco. The two guys you wanted to go after, Dan McDonald and Cliff Godwin, they're still where they are, where they were. Dan's still at Louisville. And Dan, I think, would take this job. Cliff's still at East Carolina. The search wouldn't get past Cliff Godwin. But I ask you, Brad... Now that everything has happened the way it's happened, if they take a step back, which many think they will, maybe they won't. No one expected the 2014 team to be the one to break through to Omaha. So it can happen. I'm not going to write that team off right now. I'm just not. I think they'll be better than many are thinking they're going to be in June, July of 2021. But if they do take a step back after everything that's happened, now what? Then what? Well, listen, I mean, I, I fully expect this team to be pretty competitive next year, assuming they get all the, the players back, Graham, Bench, Elko. You get all those guys back, I mean, we're going to have a pretty dynamic lineup. 
it's going to come down to the pitching. And, and quite frankly, I mean, I just, man, when you lose two, you know, top three round pick guys, maybe two first rounders, I don't, I don't know, maybe, um, I just don't see it happening, man. And then, you know, you already got a fan base who's a little bit, you know, more than on edge about not getting to Omaha. Um, then, then you have the LSU interview. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, th- th- this is, this is the, this may be the year for Mike Bianco. It's a make or break kind of deal. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I it's just, you're going to have to, and what, what makes it worse is, I mean, you, you, you turn on the TV and you got your in-state rival with the, you know, quite a few Mississippi kids on there playing for the national championship. And to be honest with you, uh, talent wise, I mean, I, I don't think these teams are, are that much different. They're pitching a little bit better. They're, they're a little healthier in the, in the bullpen, all that. But, um, I mean, I, I just don't, like you can't tell me Mississippi state's that much more talented than, than Ole Miss. Um, uh, if at all. So, um, something's got to give They're They're really getting ahead of us. And I think that just ma- makes the pressure that much more. I mean, maybe if state's not in there, it's, it's, it helps, but I mean, they, these guys are just absolutely eclipsing us in baseball and, um, you know, something's got to, something's got to give. Cause I look out there at that stadium, Ameritrade, TD Ameritrade, it's packed out and credit Mississippi state fans. They traveled. It looks awesome. Ole Miss fans would do the exact same thing the exact same thing they would flood Omaha and it sucks that the last two years with two generational pitchers leading your pitching staff leading your rotation that you didn't get your two shots at Omaha one robbed of COVID a generational pandemic the second one Gunnar Hoagland went down with Tommy John surgery it sucks it really does because it's going to be a what could have been while we would like to judge those seasons in a vacuum you can no longer judge Mike Bianco seasons in a vacuum. You have to look at the bigger picture. And I'm sorry that I was delayed in talking about this. And I tried to be as upfront and honest in that search. I gave everything I had as far as information, because that's what you pay for. You want to hear what's going on. And we were out in front of pretty much all the reporting. What we didn't get and what Glenn Gilbo got, and I can't remember who else got, was that Mike Bianco interviewed I said all along, I thought it was his job to turn down because if he did go and interview, everything I was told from LSU people to Ole Miss, it just didn't matter. Every source I got said, listen, if he goes and interviews, he's not going just to be a candidate for the job. He's going to accept it because I just couldn't fathom the winningest coach in Ole Miss baseball history going into an interview, not knowing he was going to get the job or not. And that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. Anyway, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> I'm just kind of over it. I'm ready to talk about some football, man. What are you most looking forward to? Like, what are you watching in the summer for Ole Miss football? Because I know that you talk to coaches and play golf with them and stuff. Like, what is the big thing to watch? I don't want to talk about the Dink Jackson stuff or any other bad stuff. What is the just normal deal? Like, what's happening right now? Well, I think right now guys are um... – you know, just, just kind of honing in stuff from the spring. I mean, I think you're reviewing film from the spring. Hey, what I need to get better at. And then just taking that step. I mean, I, we've, I've seen some pitchers um, online. I've talked to, you know, some of the coaches They're they're working their tails off, man. It's hot out there. They're, um, you know, their strength coaches getting after them. Guys are getting stronger. Guys are getting better. They're preparing themselves for a season. So right now, I mean, you, you just, your guys are in there working their butts off, man. It just is what it is. And, and they're getting after it pretty good. I mean, an, an SEC um, summer program, there's nothing harder in the world. People don't realize. I mean, you're down here and it is hot, humid. 
Um, some places aren't like that in the U.S., man. I mean, when I was in Seattle, our camp was 62 degrees, the whole camp. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a breeze. Now, nah, I like that here, man. It's going to get into the 90s. They're outside running, you know, lifting. So, I mean, they're going through some stuff right now. And, um, you know, they're, they're spending their time getting better. So, I, I know that they're pretty excited, guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 right now, they're just, this is a grind phase, man. It's the summer. You're hitting the dirt, trying to, trying to get ready to roll. Good talking to you. Feels like we hadn't done the podcast together in like what three weeks? Been a while. Yeah, we'll get we'll get rolling again once we get um, get closer to football too. We'll be we'll have a lot more to cover and a lot more to talk about. This year will be cool because we'll get to kind of go out and see stuff and putting an eye on the players is going to be much much oh, better yeah. than uh, it's. I mean, last year was. I mean, you only really saw them on game day. That's everyone. You, you know, and I are going to go to practices so. together, right? Yeah, and look, I'm, I if I a couple times I'll. I'll be able to get a good vibe on, on what we got and what we're what we're looking at. I'm excited to see some of the see the new guys. I don't, I don't know if JJ Henry's gotten here. I want to see what he looks like. I'm pretty curious. He was I was pretty high on him off the film. So um yeah, it'll be neat to see what he looks like when he gets rolling. Have we committed to doing a post game show together? Man, if y'all can handle me for a post game show, it depends on the on on the on the it. game. But yeah. I'm for it. I could um I get pretty um I'll, I'll be pretty lit up after the after the game. Good. I'm all for it. But can you do it pretty timely? <laughs> can we do it maybe 15 minutes after the game is over? Are you going to be walking through the Grove hammering off your ass or something? No, dude. I, I, will, I will watch the most games. If I don't, I may go to a game or two. Um, but the only games I'll go to if they're late nights. So all the other ones, man, I got, got so many kids. I'd rather watch from home while they take a nap. And so then all the perfect. people out there then, like, then we just roll right into it. And the raw yeah. emotion of Bradley Sell after a game, oh, my God. That's just going to be great. That's perfect. Love that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I can't wait. We got to go down to David Johnson on the Modern Woodman phone line. First, let's say bye to Brad. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions and iTunes, like I mentioned already. And uh, Talk of Champions can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. David Johnson time. Works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit. Let's hear first from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions.
the Modern Woodman phone line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to David Johnson, my coworker at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Because here we are with July approaching. A bunch of recruiting stuff happened in June. A bunch of camps and many other updates, of which I'm not very familiar, quite frankly. But David is. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, good to talk with you this morning, Ben. Feeling good? You feeling good? Sound good? Yeah, everything's good. Everything's great. We've got a uh, camp season in the books now, which uh, was very fruitful for Ole Miss. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that this morning. We're in a dead period right now in terms of recruiting. And that thing runs from June 24th all the way to July 28th. And uh, what does that mean exactly? What is a dead period? Well, it means that uh, there's no face-to-face personal contact between Ole Miss coaches and prospects all the way up until July 28th. Uh, That does not mean they can't talk on the phone, uh, communicate via social media channels, things like that. All that's still open. It's just no face-to-face contact. Prospects can't come on campus to see coaches, and coaches can't leave campus to go see prospects or talk to their high school coaches in in person. So that's – that's what we're dealing with with the dead period, as it is known as. And, uh, you know, I welcome it because it gives us a chance to kind of catch our breath a little bit after really three weeks of a camp frenzy. Yeah, and that three-week camp frenzy that you mentioned, was there a noticeable difference as far as what the recruiting is like now compared to last year? Because now it feels like everything's back to normal, that these guys are operating like they usually would have before a once-in-a-generation yeah. pandemic hit. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, due to the pandemic last year, there was no camp season. Um, You know, every college football program in America basically signed kids they'd never met before. And uh, those are difficult waters to have to navigate. Uh, It was great to be back out there and to see all these kids pouring into the Manning Center, uh, you know, and the coaches being able to do a first-person evaluation. Uh, There are kids who have offers because – of their camp performance that they were deprived of last year. You know, and I can't tell you how many prospects, you know, approached us during the camp season and were like, Hey, what about our rankings? Or I'm not ranked as good as I should be. And you know what? They're right. Because we didn't see any kids last summer, just like, uh, just like the coaches didn't. So there's a lot of catch up to uh, be done on the rankings front uh, for two, four, seven and then everybody else for that matter. And, uh, you know, you're going to see some guys right now that are maybe rated three stars that by the fall, they're going to be four stars. You're going to see some guys that were rated four stars probably fall down to three stars uh, because eyes are being put on these kids, really the seniors for the first time since they were sophomores. What's the big takeaway from the camp stuff? If you're a recruiting novice or someone like me who didn't pay attention at all, what's the biggest takeaway from what you saw from being out there? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway right now is recruiting is getting back to where it was maybe earlier, um, you know, in the height of uh, when Hugh Freeze was the head coach of the program. You look out there and you go, my God, this uh, this camp is better than the Under Armour All-American game in terms of talent. And uh, you're starting to see 
flashes of that again in terms of the quality of prospect Ole Miss is getting on the campus now, uh, which is evidence of the excitement that I think Lane Kiffin has has kind of injected into the program. We've seen this movie before. I think this time last year they're in a similar spot. Didn't have a lot of commitments ranked in the 60s or something as far as recruiting rankings. Mm -hmm. Um, But do you expect a similar type of close, or is this kind of by design? They're kind of slow playing it, and then they'll have their bum rush of recruiting commitments and things like that. Like, How will this play out? What's the strategy here? Yeah, I think the staff is very deliberate when it comes to recruiting. They're going to take their time. They do it on purpose, um, and and kind of let uh, let things kind of happen naturally as trying to force it instead of trying to force issues early on in the recruiting cycle. They're good closers. They showed us that last year. I expect the same thing. Now, four commitments in this class right now, and I do think a couple more will will come around before the end of the summer and before we're into fall camp. Uh, so, you know, I think in terms of that regard, they're probably in better shape than they were last year. And, um, again, this is a group of strong closers that uh, they're going to get their guys in November and early December. Um, I truly believe that. Now, I will say this. Don't judge this class on the numbers in December because they're not going to sign as many high school guys as they – would normally sign or as you have become accustomed to simply because of the free transfer rule, how the, how the portal comes into play now, uh, things like that. You're going to always save a number of spots to have for guys that enter the portal. And you got to remember portal recruiting is, is not transfer recruiting. Let me say that is not just the guy that's got a year left to play and you've got a, a depth situation on your roster and you want to put a Band-Aid on it. That is not what it is any longer. You've got guys who sign at 17 years old, coming out of high school with a program, and they stay there one year and they go, I made a wrong decision. I'm getting back in the portal. So these portal kids now, Ben, in some instances, have three, four years left to play in their career. So if you're Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss examining the transfer portal you know, you're no longer looking for post-grads that can come in and be a stopgap for you, you know, where you're thin on depth. You're, you're, you're also looking at guys and going, you know what, and this guy be a heck of a player in a year or two. You know, we need to give this young kid a shot. Let, let, let's go get him and see what he turns into here. So uh, the portal is – there are a lot more nuances to, to portal recruiting. I know going into the summer – you know, the, the kind of constant theme was, hey, they've got three portal spots. We need a tight end. We probably need another another offensive tackle. We can always add a defensive tackle. And, and we haven't seen any movement on that front to this point. Well, the reason why is, you know, they're no longer looking to just stop gap recruit uh, from the portal. They're looking, they're looking for the future as well for some of these guys that might not would play this year, but might be a stud next year. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to exercise a little patience in terms of the portal this summer. I do think there will be some movement there. But, um, you know, whether it's a guy that's got three or four years to play or a stud D-tackle that can come in and make an impact, we're just going to wait and see. So don't take the silence as far as the transfer portal now as inactivity because they're actually out there perusing the portal. They're just taking a more deliberate approach. They're not doing the Band-Aid stopgap. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and a more thought-out approach. I mean, you may be looking at your roster a year or two years down the line and going, we're going to need help right there at that position. Let's go get this kid who's 
who's a, a freshman who will be coming in here as a second-year freshman that might could help us a couple of years down the line where we're going to need somebody. So, uh, you know, it, it's just a more careful approach to the portal, I think. It doesn't eliminate the fact that, hey, you could bring in a, a fifth-year tight end that might could help you this fall. They still could do that. But at the same time, you just got to look at the portal a little bit deeper and maybe maybe best available in terms of best guy that can help me now. Well, it seems like every day there's a new guy still entering the portal, and we're well into June, entering July at this point. Oh. So do you expect Ole Miss to probably add somebody, maybe two guys, before the season starts? Yeah, I do. I do. I think that possibility is out there, and I think that will happen. Um, but, um, you know, whether or not, again, whether it's going to be that guy with one year that might could come in and help you, or whether it's going to be a guy with three or four years left, you know, we're just going to kind of wait and see uh, exactly what they're going to do. I talked to Lane about that a couple of weeks ago, and that's exactly what he said. You know, hey, portal recruiting has changed in terms of this uh, transfer rule being put in, and, and we all see it with our own eyes. And, and you, you bring a great point. There are a couple thousand kids in the portal. Most of them are not going to have a place to go. And, um, you know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword with the transfer portal. You get in hoping to improve yourself, and then everybody's not getting a lot of opportunities. And there are a lot of good football players still lingering around in the transfer portal. Well, Ole Miss has but the other thing you got to consider, too, you know, you got guys who would normally be out of your program coming back for an extra year due to COVID. So, you know, there's some scholarship limitations there. Yeah, that's a good point. You got four commitments. Two happened in January, Marquez Dortch and Larry Simmons. And then come June, you finally got your next two with Taylor Groves and Reginald Hughes. Taylor Groves is a four-star, was originally committed. He's out of Tennessee, but committed to Michigan. And now he decommits and commits to Ole Miss. Who is Taylor Groves? Who is Reginald Hughes? And um, what comes next, I guess? Yeah, Taylor Groves is awesome. Uh, the fans are going to love Taylor Groves. Uh I had a chance to visit with his family earlier this month uh, <clears throat> when he was here camping at Ole Miss. And at that camp, I, I saw Chris Partridge give him a private workout. So I knew that uh, he was a top target for Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, like I said, an excellent family. This is a kid that it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly where they're going to play him in the defensive backfield. He'll play on the back end of the defense. But I'm going to tell you, this kid could play anywhere from corner to, to any of the safety spots. And, uh, you know, he's a little light right now at 175 pounds. This is a guy probably, when he matures here at Ole Miss, probably going to play about 210 pounds. And, uh, you know, fantastic prospect. He plays wide receiver and safety in high school. Some schools were looking at him as a wide receiver originally, but everybody kind of figured out safety is his position. As you mentioned, he's a four-star prospect. He's out of Cross Plains, Tennessee, and uh, number 17 safety in the nation per the 247 Sports Composite rating. And uh, I'm excited about him. Great kid, great kid with uh, terrible timing. Yeah, uh, you know he committed last Thursday, and uh, of course you know we had the story, and we were just waiting on Taylor to go ahead and make it public, and he finally did on Sunday, waiting for an edit to come back from someone. And uh, that's the only complaint I got about Taylor Groves is he, he made me wait on him all weekend. Uh, other than that, huge pickup for Ole Miss. And, again, as the fans get to know this kid, they're going to love him. Uh, Personality-wise, reminds me a lot of like a Cody Pruitt 
uh, one of those type guys. Uh, look, he's a hard hitter. And, uh, you know, I, I think, honestly, you could kind of maybe compare him to Cody Pruitt, only he's faster. And, uh, you know, Cody Pruitt was an All-American here at Ole Miss. But, you know, I would draw some comparisons between Taylor Groves and Cody Pruitt. Sure. I like that. I don't know where Cody is lately. I got to find Cody. Have you talked to Cody in a while? I need to get that contact. Uh, Cody's in Memphis. Okay. Cody's in Memphis. He's selling cars. Okay, I need to talk to Cody. That's been a while. Um, okay, so Taylor Groves and then the commitment, the Reginald Hughes commitment. What about Reginald Hughes? What's the report on him? Yeah, Reginald Hughes, hard-hitting linebacker. And, uh, you know, he's a kid that uh, grew up not far from here. He played at Roosevelt, Roosevelt High School over in Tunica. And, uh was really an under-the-radar, very raw prospect in high school. Nobody really uh, paid much attention to him in terms of, uh, you know, Division One programs. He gets to junior college and he blows up physically. And uh, and his ability as a player, they played a shortened season last year, so only five games, but he was a stud in those five games. And this is a kid that has been blowing people away at camp. Obviously, he blew Ole Miss away at camp. He also blew Mississippi State away at camp. Mississippi State offered, Ole Miss offered, and uh, those were the only places he camped this summer. And this is a kid, but as he continues to get in front of more and more staffs, he's going to get more and more offers. And, uh, and, and you know, a caveat to that is that he is planning on going to Florida and Georgia at the end of July once the dead period lifts. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Gators and what happens with the uh, Bulldogs there. But, uh, you know, Dan Mullen and his Florida staff have so many Mississippi ties. Wouldn't surprise me if he got a Florida offer before he ever showed up down there. And, uh, you know, is he going to stick in this class? I, I think he is, but I also think Reginald Hughes is going to have a flirtatious recruitment uh, headed down the stretch. Um, so you're going to see uh, – I think you're going to see him popping up on visits um, and – you know, if you follow his Twitter timeline, I think you're gonna you're gonna get a little nervous. But you know, I, I think in the end he sticks. Um, but uh, you know, just get ready. Uh, you know, he'll make a few headlines between now and December. All right, look, I don't know anything. I fully admit it. So, who are the guys to watch for Ole Miss fans who are like me and just don't know what the hell's going on? Now, I think right now the guy that uh, that I'm following very closely is a tight end out of Mansfield, Texas, named Kyron Heath. Uh, Kyron, you know, if you look at his offer sheet, you go, what what is Ole Miss doing? Because it's Ole Miss and a, and, and, and a few G5 schools that have offered him. But Kyron Heath has camped with Ole Miss this summer. They have, have looked at his film, which is great. They have worked him out first person, which is great. They are impressed. They love this kid. They think he could be maybe even the sleeper of the class. Uh, he's a he's a he's a big kid at six foot four, two hundred twenty pounds, coming out of high school. Uh, and again, uh, the tight end that uh, you know, I think uh, I think this offense is 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 you know has got to have every single season. And uh, you know, I've got him crystal ball to Ole Miss. I've been talking to him a lot. I talked to him Friday. Right before he left to go on an official visit to Marshall, I talked to him again yesterday, and uh, Kyron was really coy with me yesterday. He didn't want to say a whole lot, uh, other than "Hey, I'm I'm going to have a decision here in probably two weeks." And uh, you know, I said, uh, you know, so I asked him again. I said, "What about Ole Miss?" He's like, uh-huh. 
you know, basically, I don't want to tip my hand to anything right now. But I feel confident he's going to pick Ole Miss over Marshall, and the Rebels are going to have their tight end in this class. And again, what I want to stress is I know the Ole Miss staff loves this kid. I know they think Kyron Heath is a special, special player, and they do want him. Uh, you know, sometimes those offers go out to a kid and you wonder if, if that kid is a take at a school. Kyron Heath is definitely a take at Ole Miss. We'll jump right back to David Johnson in this edition of Talk of Champions, talking all about Ole Miss football recruiting. After I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. All right, give me some other names right now. Xavier Harris, for example, four-star defensive lineman out of yeah, Germantown. Yeah, Xavier Harris. Yeah, Xavier, uh, you know, I, I think Xavier has, has, has looked at Ole Miss, honestly. Uh, but, um, you know, all the tea leaves suggest Xavier Harris is going to go to Mississippi State. Uh, I, I would be shocked if he goes elsewhere. So Xavier Harris, a bulldog, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right here. Stone Blanton is the most Ole Miss name ever. He's a four-star linebacker out of Madison. Yeah, he's going to state. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. he's oh, going to Mississippi State. So I'm looking yeah. at these Mississippi he's guys. He's a baseball player, too. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, but I'm looking at these Mississippi prospects just because it's actually a pretty good class for Mississippi. Jaheim Otis, is that just done? He's going to Alabama? Hey, no, I don't think so. You know, Jaheim was up here on the Ole Miss campus last week. And um, I'm going to tell you what, they had a great visit. And, um, you know, I know when Jaheim left, I feels like they're in it for Jaheim Otis. Um, and, um, and I tend to believe them on that. Now, you're talking about Alabama here. That's who you're going up against. Uh, forget everybody else. It's Alabama. And, um, you know, an impressive, impressive, probably the most impressive recruit in the state of Mississippi's 22 class. Uh, but the fact that they got him to Oxford, the fact that they were able to spend some first-person time with him. And Jaheim's been up here a number of times. Uh, first time I ever saw Kentrell came Otis with him. And uh, I kind of bypassed Kentrell when I saw Jaheim there because I didn't know who this kid was. He was in ninth grade, but he was a mountain, a mountain with arms and legs. And I'm like, well, okay, uh, little guy, uh, let me talk to this big man. <laughs> so I spent most of the time there with Jaheim and, uh, you know, I, I like him a whole lot. I think he's a good kid. Uh, 
he's buddies with Kentrell Bullock. I don't think that factors into his recruiting much at all, but uh, he was here on the Ole Miss campus. If Ole Miss were to get Jaheim Otis, it would be a coup. Uh, I'm not predicting that at all, but I do think Ole Miss is involved. I think they're more heavily involved now that they got him up here. And uh, let's just sit back and see what Randall Joyner and Marquise Watson are able to do with him over the next few months. Well, this class is totally different than Matt Lou coaching staff as far as they're not centrally focused on Mississippi. They're like the Hugh Freeze approach of going national. It doesn't matter where you're from. Um, But I want to touch on one more before we move on to other guys. Bryson Hurst out of Gaucher, he's a four-star offensive tackle. What about him? Yeah, there's been some flirtation between he and Ole Miss, but in all honesty, I believe Hurst is going to go to Mississippi State. Now, I don't, I'm, I don't feel strongly about that opinion, but that is my opinion right now that Bryson Hurst will end up at Mississippi State. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna tell you this: by all accounts, Jake Thornton is a fantastic recruiter, and uh, you know, people like him a whole lot. Uh, and you know, I, I don't want to put this on in here, Ricky Bobby, but but I will say this. Uh, you know, I've been told by some guys they remind him, remind them a lot of Matt Luke, in, in, in the in the sense that he is a fantastic teacher. Uh, I've had some players tell me that that Thornton's approach is very uh, academic, if you will, in terms of uh, making sure uh, you know these guys know what they're doing and understand why they're doing it and things like that. And then, uh, you know, that is always translated into being a great recruiter, whether you like Matt Luke or not. And whatever your opinion of him is, Matt was a really good recruiter uh, while he was a line coach here and even while he was a head coach. I mean, you know, that last class he brought in was uh, was pretty darn good. Um, so uh, we'll just have to see what happens with Bryson Hurst. But right now I would I would tell you I think he's going to Mississippi State. I'm basically just going through the list on two four seven and picking out guys that have warm or whatever whatever we classify them as interest in Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of picking and choosing. So you just tell me, okay? Looking at the positions and trying to figure out what Ole Miss has to add, what it will add, what positions are they going to add? What do they have to hit on? Well, I think you you're you're ready for a next wave of offensive linemen. Uh, they need some tackles in here. And and I'm going to tell you why. Um, Looking ahead to next year, you know, there's a possibility that Nick Broker and Jeremy James could be gone. Okay. Now, both those guys have have years of eligibility left after this year. Both both of them are third-year guys after this year. And look, Nick Broker, everybody likes to talk about Nick and deservingly so, but to my eyes, the offensive lineman at Ole Miss with the biggest upside in terms of being an NFL draft pick is Jeremy James. I really, really tell you. Now, Nick, Nick Broker is an NFL prospect. There's no doubt about that. But, um, but, but when I look at things, just, just a raw view, watching these guys play, watching the O-line closely, Jeremy James is versatile. He's already proven that. He played on the inside last year started every game he's moving out to right tackle this year and uh he's the answer at right tackle the best answer that they have so so he's very versatile he's very intelligent uh and he's got really everything he needs that kid could be gone after this year nobody's really thinking about that right now but he he could he could go and also broker could too and if you're going into the 22 season and you're looking at offensive tackle 
Who takes their place? I'm, I'm asking, who takes their place? Yeah, I have no idea, and that's who what I was on asking. This roster? Yeah, I, I was asking about yeah. offensive tackles that I was going through I mean, the list. I, and there's I mean, that guy from uh, a junior college that's committed to Oregon. I think he plays at Mississippi Gulf Coast. I don't know his name. Percy something yeah, or other? that's right. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, why yeah. is Ole Miss not all in on guys like that? I mean, they need guys that come in, and whether or not they start or not, just you need competition to tackle because you just don't have any. No, no, and that's the concern this year. I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, you're talking about the tackle spots. Yeah, I honestly thought they would have added a tackle, tackle by now. I, that's what I thought they'd have done, if anything else. I, I think in, they want to. Yeah. But who who is your third tackle? Ben Brown. And see, that where you, that's where you get into juggling things. Um, and then, you know, you're you're in trouble because you don't have a third tackle. Yeah, that would be one scenario you hit on right there. You got the, you've got some depth on the interior, but um, you don't have any depth on the edge of that offensive line. And yeah, that would be an option. Is moving Ben, and by the way, Ben's going to play right guard this year. He's going back to the guard spot. Caleb Warren is going to be your center. And I'll have a story on some of the offensive line movements a little bit uh, later on on the Ole Miss spirit. But uh, but but we'll 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 just break that right here and now. Ben Ben Brown's going back to right guard. Unless there's another change of philosophy between now and fall camp, that's where I expect him. The open spot on that offensive line, Ben, is going to be at left guard. Because Caleb Warren's going to shift down from left guard to center. Ben goes from center to right guard. You know who your tackles are in James and Broker, so left guard is a question mark. Jalen Cunningham looks good, though. Uh, Exactly. I'm going to talk a whole lot about Jalen Cunningham in this story. Uh, I think the top two front runners to be that left guard if things shake out this way, like we think they are, is Jalen Cunningham and Cedric Melton. Yes, it's Jalen Cunningham always, season, baby. Finally. Uh, it, it's now or never for Jalen, really and truly. But I'm going to tell you, I saw him a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't know who he was. I'm sitting there talking to a whole group of Ole Miss offensive linemen. And um, this guy walks in. looks like an NFL player. And I'm like, now what's your name? He kind of looked at me and laughed. He said, man, Jalen. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this. 52 pounds, I think, is what he oh said. Oh, my God. And, uh, and, look, talking to some people who know, it's made a difference. It's made a tremendous difference for him. So, well, that was the uh, biggest thing, because I, I think you and I talked be... about this, is that um, he would be dominant for two plays, but then the fatigue was set in, and he'd just be terrible for yeah. three. Look, you don't understand at 300-plus pounds what kind of shape you have to be in to play in a hurry-up spread offense like that. No huddle. Everything is full blast. Everything is full go. I mean, mean, even after the play's over, you're sprinting back to line of scrimmage, and it is tough. And Jalen, being just a little south of 400 pounds at one point in his career, it it was beating him. It was whooping him down. But man, he looks good now. He's still around 330 pounds, but but man, it's a great looking 330 pounds. And I expect him to kind of be the front runner going into fall count for that that open position on the old line. And then Cedric Melton, who made tremendous strides in the spring, I thought. Uh, and Cedric may have to be a swing guy that plays inside and at tackle uh, this year, and he's got the ability to do it. Yeah, that was, that was uh, the and then that leads to the inevitable question. Yeah, 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 definitely so. And then uh, inevitably always get asked about Eli Acker. You know, what about Acker? Because I know they're high on him. Everybody knows the staff loves him and everything. But, you know, if you watch Eli closely, 
He just needs to play a little lower, I think. Uh, you know, he's a great athlete, tremendous athleticism. Um, but I think he negates some of that, Ben. Uh, because he, he tends to play high, and I think it, I think once he, he he playing lower and, and getting the proper leverage becomes natural to him, he's going to be a stud. Uh, but right now, I think that the top two guys going into fall camp ought to be Jalen Cunningham, Cedric Melton, battling it out for that fifth starting O line position. All right, two quick hitter items, and we'll get out of here. One, okay, so I'm looking at the by position breakdown on 247. Receiver, defensive line, and offensive line. Well, defensive line first, and then receiver and offensive line. In that order, the most targeted players for those positions. Is that about right as far as the biggest needs, receiver and the two line spots? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're talking about uh, an offense that – you know, I think if they had their way, they'd have a dozen wide receivers at any time that they felt like they could count on. Uh, so you're always going to recruit the receiver position heavily. As far as defensive line goes, look, teams that win SEC championships are 10, 11 deep across the defensive line. That's where everybody wants to get to. You, you flash back to those Ole Miss teams that went to the Peach Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. They could play 10, 10 guys uh, confidently across the defensive line. And I think that's where every program in the SEC has to strive to be. So Ole Miss is going to always recruit those defensive linemen. And then uh, tight end, is that the other position you, you said, tight end? Receiver, offensive line, and defensive line. But tight end is a need. It is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about the offensive line already. They need tackles. They need tackles. And, 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 and for the future, they need tackles in this class. And then uh, tight end position, I think, uh, I think they've got their guy. I really do in Kyron Heap, and I think uh, I think he's going to commit to Ole Miss within a couple of weeks. All right, two more things. One, just give me the one dude. I have this every single year. The one guy that I, for no reason whatsoever, just say, that's my guy. That's who I want Ole Miss to land. Give me one of those guys, because usually I pick it for myself, but I don't know shit anymore. So who is that guy for me? Ooh, good question. Good question. The guy I want them to land. Um, that's fun. I think we've already talked about it. Okay, all right. Oh, I mean, Jaheim Otis. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. That's where I was going. Man, we're vibing so hard right yeah. now, David. That's where I was going. Jaheim Otis. That's my guy. Well, I, I, I mean, I mean, look, he, he's a game changer. He is a game changer. All right. Um, you know, this is a kid that's going to be powerful against the run. Uh, he's a huge human being, but he's so quick twitched. He's going to be an effective pass rusher. Um I think he's versatile enough. You can play him at the three. You can play him at the zero. Um, yeah, he's the guy. And he's a Mississippi kid recently on campus. Like, like you said, Alabama's the team to beat. I totally agree with that. Alabama's going to be tough to beat. But if I had one kid I could pick for this entire class, it would be Jaheim Otis. All right, Jaheim, you are Ben Garrett's, for no reason whatsoever, guy for the 2022 class. Last thing, we touched on this at the start of the podcast, and I'm saving it for now. Kind of a crappy note to end on here. But Dink Jackson has been arrested on felony burglary charges, and you reported it for our site, the, the uh, Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com. So you break it down, the whole deal with Dink. Well, I mean, you know, I'm just going to be kind of brutally honest. There's no place for a character like that uh, within the Ole Miss football program. Um, 
great on the field talent, obviously a lot of off the field issues with that young man. Um, and, um, you know, um, I'm not going to say I wish him the best because I, I wish him justice. Let me just say that. Uh, that's where I'm at with it. And uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, he would have played some this fall. I, I truly believe that. He could have provided a little depth back there. Had a bright football future in front of him. Now he's got to go and, uh, you know, face his consequences if he if he is found guilty, which he has not been at this point. I want to point that out. Um, and then he's going to have to work on uh, – you know, paying off his debt to society and rehabilitating himself if he ever wants to get back on the football field again. We're not talking about getting busted with a little weed here or something. This was armed burglary followed by grand theft auto. I mean, these this is horrific, horrifying to think an Ole Miss football player obviously had broke into some something, a dwelling, armed. Uh, burglary indicates he stole some stuff. Then he stole a car. Um, no, sir. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, don't want that here. Uh, don't want that anywhere around here. And, uh, you know, maybe one day he'll, he'll, you know, rehabilitate himself and get back on the football field. But, um, you know, that's, that's horrible. That's horrific. But you know what? That's something that goes back to – no face-to-face recruiting last year. All they did was talk to him on the phone and via Zoom, okay? I mean, you can't get to know a kid like that. And, I mean, I've got a great story about this, okay? So many years ago, many years ago, um, Ole Miss flew out to, to Colorado to do an in-home – I don't want to identify the kid. Ole Miss flew out west to do an in-home visit with, with a prospect that they, they desperately wanted. They went to the prospect's home and they had dinner with the prospect and his parents. And um, they were walking out. And they, it was uh, Hugh Freeze and Maurice Harris who went out there to see this prospect. They walked out of the house after the home visit and um, got the rental car to go back to the airport. And uh, Freeze looked at Maurice Harris and said, something about that kid I don't like. I don't want that kid. We're, we're, we're going back away from him. I don't want it. Anyway, the kid goes on to sign with a different power five program in the Southeastern conference. And, uh, about a year after he signed, got into a major, major, major criminal situation. And, um, you know, Ole Miss dodged a bullet there. With, with with that kind of personality. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show how important these sit-downs, face-to-face meetings, and actually getting to know prospects are. Um, and um, Ole Miss was deprived of that with Dean Jackson. Maybe they could have picked up on something that said, you know, uh, maybe we need to go a different direction that they couldn't pick up on via text message, telephone calls, and Zoom. I know you can't talk in particulars here. But is he the last guy Ole Miss fans have to worry about as far as off-the-field stuff right now? No. And you know that. Yeah, And that's why you're asking me a loaded question. Mm -hmm. But no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, that's a great way to end it, David. What a great way to end it, right? Well, come on, man. People are going to hate us for that one. We're not teasing you with anything. Uh, We're simply monitoring the situation. Yeah, monitoring the situation. We're trying to be responsible. It's not – we're portable right now. We're trying to be responsible. That's exactly right. 
That's why I asked. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Boy, what a cliffhanger. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. <laughs> you got yeah, to leave them one more. Yeah, I got to leave them one more. Well, yeah. Well, set up question, but but yeah, you you did right. You never ask a question you don't already know the answer to, and you knew the answer to that. He's David Johnson. Rice me at the Oma Spirit, omaspirit.com, affiliate of 247 yeah. Sports. Thanks, buddy. All right, Ben. Thank you for having me on. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.